and welcome to another episode of The Bin Chickens. Um, we are looking at Doctor Who Series 3, so New Who Series 3 today, and I am joined by Alex. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. How are you? I am good. It has been a long time between podcasts. Um, it has. For us. And in that time, we may have watched <laughs> up to Series 5 of Doctor Who. And all, and, and, and all of Torchwood. And all of Torchwood, yes. Um, so we will be doing uh, probably a few reviews over the next few days um, just to catch up. But, you know, life gets busy and so we've had time to watch, not so much time to talk, but we have Easter um, for that today. Um, so, yes, as I was saying, we are looking at Doctor Who Series 3. Um, so we'd already obviously looked at Series 1 and 2 with um the Tenth Doctor and Rose, um, and Series Two ended with the farewelling of Billy Piper um, as Rose Tyler, um, and Series Two ended with a very sad Doctor in his TARDIS when a random bride appears, um, and his well, I don't know if you'd say iconic line, but the line does he say what? What? Yeah, what? it's sort of it's sort of his uh, hook into all of the Christmas specials, isn't it? It's you know this yeah. the Runaway Bride and then the end of this season, obviously with the uh, Titanic as well. Yes. Um, so to set us off, um, overall thoughts of this season of New Who. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a much better se- season than season two or series two with um, Rose and the Tenth Doctor. I think there's a lot more really good episodes in this season. I think from memory, like as you said, it's been a while since our last episode. From memory, we sort of said se- series two uh, was very average. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of standout episodes from, from memory. Um, but this series, you know, you've got Blink, which is one of the most iconic episodes of New Who. You've got yes. the, the Family of Blood and Human Nature two-parter, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, the finale three-parter is, is pretty fun as well. So um, a few pretty good. And there's no there's no episodes this season where I was like, oh, this is a really, like, this this episode really drags. So, no, I thought it was good. Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, this season always gets kind of a, not a bad rat, but um, people tend to rag on this season a little bit, um, particularly after, like, the Rose Tyler season. Um, but this I absolutely loved every episode um, pretty much. I think there wasn't really one, like, I mean, last series that, um, what is it called? Fear her? Um, no. Oh, I love and monsters. Love and monsters. Like there were no episodes like those in the mm. series. I can like I, you generally get stuck, and I think we actually went through this quite quickly because um, every episode is so good, and it was one of those things where like it would. And and I know you've said particularly series four, it's also very similar in terms of we'd finish an episode and see what the next episode is and be like, oh, <laughs> let's just watch it because it's another good episode. Um, so, yeah, I think overall I think it's actually a really solid one. So I don't understand why at the time it didn't maybe get the same positive, not positive reviews, but, like, I, again, I feel like 
if you talk to Doctor Who fans, this season's a bit put down on. Um, okay. Any, um, let's just start from the beginning. Um, so the first episode is the Runaway Bride, which is our Christmas special, um, leading into the season. And we'll be first meet Donna Noble. Mm. Um, thoughts on that episode? Um, yeah, I think it was a good Christmas special. It was interesting, obviously, the 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 twist at the end of the episode where she doesn't end up travelling with the Doctor. We sort of think this is our introduction to the new companion. Um, I think the the plot itself was fine. I think that was it was a good sort of flow. It was it was much more um, it was much more of like a normal Doctor Who story than obviously this is only the second Christmas special we've had than the previous one. David Tennant had just regenerated and wasn't really in the episode much. So that was more a regeneration story and and more him coming to terms with him being the doctor, whereas this was sort of a full blown adventure, which was really good. Um, Yeah, uh, it was a, it was, and it was a pretty sort of standard adventure, which was, which was fun. Yeah. It's a fun episode. I said it's a good intro to Donna and I kind of really respect the fact that she says no to the doctor because most of the time you see the people go, Oh, oh, this, this whole new world, yeah, yes, I'll come along. And she just went, yeah, no, nah, you're not ready for me. Uh, yeah, well, and it's interesting. I, I, I don't quite know the behind the scenes on it, but I'm not sure if she was. Obviously, Catherine Tate, a really sort of well-known comedic actor in the UK, I wonder if it was all, sort of like with Kylie Minogue in the next Christmas special, if it was always intended to be a one-off and she was so popular that they decided to bring her back. I wonder if yeah. or, or, or if it was always intended that she'd come back down the track i, I don't know but you uh, never watched the christmas tate uh, the catherine tate show did you uh no not really no i loved it so i was very excited to see um donna i got the dvd somewhere so maybe we could watch that at some point <laughs> maybe, um, yeah. as well um so then my bride leads into the introduction of martha jones as our compa- companion um, I, I know when we watch this i totally forgot how it started so i was very confused when you see the doctor at the beginning and he acknowledges martha and then keeps going um in terms of where he talks about his tie do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah okay, yeah sorry i thought you were, okay, yeah, yeah i thought you were looking at me blankly and i was like i got this wrong um and um as an opening episode with a new companion what did you think um yeah i mean again i i think it was a it was a good introduction obviously this was only the second companion that we've had now after rose uh in her introductory episode um so it was sort of a lot of pressure to sort of set the set the tone for what it will be like going forward um obviously as well i I believe that she's the first person of color to travel with the doctor so at the time i remember there was a bit of I wouldn't say controversy, but it was a bit of like it was ma- a lot made of it um, in a positive way, which was great. Um, I do like the fact that she's training to be a doctor, so we've kind of got an actual medical doctor traveling with the doctor, yeah. Um, and and yeah, and the fact that you know he's he's not meant to cross his own personal time stream unless it's for a cheap trick, which I think is how he describes it at the end of the episode. So um, it was a fun way for him to prove to her that he's got a time machine. Yes. Um... And we get yeah, the uh, and- we get the Jadoon for the first time as well. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, it's a cool concept that episode. I think um, having the hospital disappear and end up on the moon, and you meet yeah those new aliens. Um, 
who are very much, you know, there for one thing or only that's to find the alien, um, which is entertaining. And we know there's the um, doctor who is the alien. Um, I mean, we have the doctor also kissing his new companion, um, which yeah, is well. an interesting relationship for them um, throughout the whole episode. This is some, I'm not mm. episode, sorry, whole series that requited love. Um, yeah, I have a bit to say on that a bit later, I think. Yes, yeah. Martha is the rebound. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a great intro to Martha because we saw that she's, like, in, not that any of these companions aren't necessarily intelligent, but she's intelligent. She was quite good in that scenario where everything was kind of going wrong. She, like, automatically took into, you know, duty of care mode as a doctor. Um, and, yeah, it was... a great intro we got to meet also some of the family um as well um through that because then they play an important role obviously later on in the series um okay let's quickly go through the rest of this shakespeare code thoughts and then we'll get to favorite oh we're gonna we're, okay uh, shake we're gonna go through all the episodes okay so shakespeare code um yeah it was a good first adventure with for martha um probably Sorry, the I've got a barking dog on my lap Stop it. That's okay. You can maybe maybe mute your mic for a bit while I'm talking, if that's easier. Um, uh, yeah, we've got Shakespeare Code. Um, so it's a good first adventure for Martha, meeting a historical figure, which is sort of in line. It, it, it's interesting, I guess, Martha's first few adventures are sort of echoing the first few adventures for Rose, where um, we get Shakespeare now for Martha versus, you know, Charles Dickens for Rose. Uh, and obviously in the next episode, Gridlock, we go back to New New Earth, which Rose goes to with the 10th Doctor yeah. uh, as one of her first adventures with him. So there's a bit of an echo there between Martha and Rose. Um, yes. I also wanted to talk about these two episodes because they were our first like, proper episodes and it's that, well, you know, we've got the pro- we had the present day episode one, um, past episode two, and then future episode three, and then we go into all the wildness mm. of the rest of it. So I think it's, yeah, as you said, it echoes that rose season, those rose seasons, um, sorry, episodes, um, as well as gives us that clear intro that he's a time traveller. He can, yeah, work present day, past, future. And, yeah, and, and, and I guess, you know, the... The interesting element in this episode as well is at the end when we see Queen Elizabeth I having had previous interactions with the Doctor, but the Doctor doesn't know her yet. So it's, it's you know, something that's more typical of the Moffat era of um, things happening out of order in time. Um, but mm-hmm. we start, start we start to get a few of those things in these episodes, which is quite fun. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I think, yeah, uh, my my common my common sort of complaint or criticism or annoyance with these sort of historical episodes, and it was the same with Charles Dickens, and it's the same with Vincent Van Gogh, where they're really great fun episodes where we get this historical figure, uh, even Tooth and Claw, really with Queen Victoria, great historical episodes with fun sort of banter and and references and things like, and Agatha Christie as well, which we'll talk about next season. But the CGI of the monster or the alien presence sort of lets it down a bit because it makes it feel a bit more silly and sci-fi when I actually like the historical elements of it more. Yeah, um, I, just jumping in there, I feel like Jason yeah. Coe, it's not, the CGI isn't necessarily It's not as bad, no. Yeah. Because they don't use that much. It's just the end when they're, yeah. 
Yeah, and look, and to be fair, I think having them as essentially witches really does fit in well with Shakespeare. So actually, mm. it, yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. In, in fairness, the Shakespeare Code is probably the best done one of all of those sort of quasi-historicals. Um, um, I guess it's just yeah. a pet peeve for me. Yeah, I mean, I watch this episode at least once a year through work. So, <laughs> I mean, historically, it's got some pretty accurate stuff happening. So um, it's, I, I love it. It's one of my... I think all-time favourites is that I don't get sick of watching it. Um, and then comparing that to just that future episode because we're looking past, present, future, um, Gridlock as a way yeah, to grid- introduce Martha to Earth, New Earth in the year, five, whatever it is. Five billion. I think it's five billion. Five, five. five billion, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's sort of, there's a face of, I think there's an unofficial sort of face of both trilogy, which is we've got the uh, uh, the end of the world with Ninth Doctor and Rose. Then we've got, uh, is it, what was it called? New New Earth with Cassandra in season series two. And then this one. So it's sort of an unofficial trilogy. What I found really interesting about this episode as well was that the, the, the monster or the alien in this episode, the Macra, I think mm-hmm. was... It only appeared in Doctor Who once before, which was the second Doctor. So they used to, because they used to, during Russell T Davies and Moffat, every season they would bring back a new classic Who villain or classic Who alien. And I think the gap between the Macra's appearance and the appearing in this was like the longest gap between appearances for a monster ever on Doctor Who, which is pretty crazy. Um, And I don't think it's been beaten. So that was kind of cool that they decided to just randomly bring back this crab alien thing from a random second doctor episode um to have as the has to have as the villain in this one which i thought was quite cool but look yeah you know it's a fun episode another fun episode um i guess it's it's one that doesn't stand out heaps to me i've i've, I've never been a massive fan of the face of both stuff because it just i don't know it, like it's fine but it's not really my sort of thing but um yeah it's, it's a good episode yeah. um yeah the macro were a bit of a weird alien and like yeah, it was the very sort of giant crabs <laughs> and, and also like they didn't have a whole heap to do with the episode like they were just it wasn't even like no. they were it's not like it's not like they were behind the events they were just like chilling at the bottom of the thing yes yeah i feel like this is probably one of the weaker episodes of the season um out of all of them um i guess the whole the fact the virus has shut some um, um, yeah, the well, yeah, city was sealed off from a virus kind of echoes a bit too much yeah. what's happening in present times for my liking. Um, well, I was going to say, it's almost like the, the virus is more the villain of the story than the macro because yeah. the virus has killed everyone. Yes, and it's keeping everyone trapped under New York or New New York. Mm. Yes. Um, okay. Look, do you want to keep going through each of the episodes or do we want to go favourite episodes where least favourite episodes? Um, yeah, or, or do we want to? We could talk about the season arc, or, or maybe do fa- maybe do favorite and least favorite episodes first, and then we can talk about okay. the arc. Um, so, do you want to do you want to go first? Yes, um, go least favorite first. As I said, I actually really enjoyed this season, um, and yeah, while well, I said that Gridlock is probably one of the weaker episodes, it's still a good episode. Um, I mean, David Tennant gets like kittens, great. Um, Hmm. I don't. I think probably the episode I. You're gonna pinch I my. I can just the, feel it. Yeah. 
feel it. Okay, so there's like three episodes. One of them's a two-parter. So the evolution of the Daleks. Uh, sorry, Daleks of Manhattan to evolution of the Daleks. I just I feel like that one episode, um, and the, there's just too much happening. Like I get the Daleks, and that's probably why it was a two-parter because they're such a big villain, um, particularly after the end of the last season. Um, so I can understand why they dedicated a two-parter to it, but I just, you know, that storyline drags. It doesn't make sense. The Dalek-human hybrid is, like, the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. It's not not pleasant at all. Um, and, yeah, just I, I, I got bored. I got bored in that episode. Um, and then probably the Lazarus experiment as well. Um, you have to say one because otherwise you're going to steal mine. So, well, let's let's so it's about that. Well, what's, what's, about... what's your least favorite? No, I was going to I was going to comment. So, Daleks in Manhattan, the evolution of the Daleks. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I think it's a it, I, I feel like all these sorts of like 1920s American style episodes. Well, I don't, don't know if there's that many other ones that I can think of, but this this part this two part just felt really sort of tacky. Um, yes. and weird as a two-parter and you've got Andrew Garfield doing a weird American accent and oh my god the um, accents the, the the CGI of the Dalek human thing and yeah it, like you said and like the pigs and everything it was there's a lot going on but like it was a really sort of weak plot um yes and it's almost like and, and when you look like this season has three different multi-episode stories you've got the Daleks in Manhattan evolution of the Daleks you've got fa- human nature and family of the blood and then you've got the three-part finale which means that there there isn't as like that many stories, so it's no. it just feels like like, um, yeah, I don't know, I yeah, it, it was I definitely know. a week two parter. Yes, I think looking at like the series, like Gridlock was okay, like it was a good episode. I'm happy to watch it. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. Um, but then you go Darts and Hatton's evolution, the Daleks, the Lazarus Lazarus experiment, and then forty two, and I feel like that's like a string of just episodes that aren't that great it yeah um, that's definitely the lull in the season before yeah like, you and hit then human you nature get, and it just yeah, goes yeah, through no, and it's yeah. amazing um interesting i'm looking at ratings here um like the uk viewers i think obviously when it aired at the time and daleks in manhattan had 6.69 um the lowest rating episode was blink yeah, yeah, because and uh, and you know Sorry. why you know you know what I reckon the reason for that is we're, we're still going on a tangent here. I'll get to my least oh, favorite. Oh yeah, no, episode. we are not following any sort of run. The, re- the you know you know my theory on why Blink was the least rating least viewers was because it would have been advertised as not having the Doctor in it, so everyone would have said the last episode that didn't have the Doctor in it was fam uh, was Love and Monsters. It's going to be like that. It's going to be awful. Not going to bother watching it. Yeah, and it's a hundred percent the that's a hundred percent the reason that people skipped it because they were like it's going to be another kind of bad episode that has nothing to do with anything. What's the point of watching it? Um, yeah, that's anyway, my theory. Sorry, anyway, so, to, so 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 yes, yeah, so that's yeah. all on the season. Um, I, yes, yeah, and so like, I didn't enjoy Dark Manhattan. I didn't enjoy Love Love Experiment. Didn't really enjoy Forty Two. Yes. Like again, they're fine episodes, but they're not great. What was yeah, the so my least favorite episode was probably the Lazarus experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, I guess my common gripe, well, the common theme with a lot of my least favorite episodes is always the poor CGI. I think in that sort of 2005 to 2010 era of the show, I mean, there was a lot of excitement to use CGI and flashy effects that we didn't really get to see in the classic series. But I think at times using um, practical, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's the old Star Wars complaint, right? Too much CGI, not enough practical effects. If there was a bit more practical effects or just, you know, things unseen off the camera. We'll talk about the Donna season later, um, but Midnight is a perfect example where you don't have to have any effects. You don't have to have any visible monster and it actually makes it scarier. Um, having the bloody CGI creature coming out of um, Mark Gaddis was, yeah, not great. Um, yeah. I I will say one redeeming thing about this episode, it's the first, and we'll talk about the, the series arc later, but uh, it's sort of the first overt references to Saxon. It's the yeah. sort of starting to hint at, you know, the security agents talking to Martha's mum saying, you know, Ooh. this man's dangerous and stuff. So there, there is sort of seeds to the season plot, which redeems yeah. this episode a bit. I mean, we do start to see Harold Saxon starts to fade through in the runaway, runaway Bride, so that first Christmas special as well, because they've got the vote Harold Saxon posters. Yeah. Um, while they're and the order from London. Mr. Saxon to shoot down yes. the start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes. What, um, so, so what did you, what was your f- issues with the Lazarus experiment? It's just, I don't know. I just found it boring. I think current day Earth episodes in the Russell T Davies era weren't his strongest, is my sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think even of the Rose episodes. Obviously, Fear Her was essentially modern-day Earth. That first episode, Rose, yeah, is that was amazing. Good. And that's a, on Earth. But I think... Like, that was yeah. an easy one. I think the Runway Bride, I mean, yeah, the weird spider alien makes no sense to me, but then the aliens, are they meant to make sense? But... Um, but I think, know, I think the issue with a lot of... A lot, of, a lot of those modern episodes, it's always the same sort of plot. It's like alien ship above Earth that needs to get shot down because we've got the Sycorax in the previous Christmas special, then we've got the Christmas star and the Donner in the Runaway Bride. We've got, you know, uh, the um, Slovene episode where they have their ship crash into the tower. We've got, I, love I mean, Lazarus it. experiment's a you bit know, different. I love it, though. But, like, there's a lot of the same plot. Like, you, for instance, like, we we just watched Torchwood between finishing this season and watching series four, and that's set just on modern day earth and it's done by Russell T Davies, but there's such a varied, um, like varied range of plots, mm. which just makes me think like, how come there wasn't this sort of creativity in the Doctor Who episodes, I guess? Yes, yeah. it's true. I, but I guess you can do a bit more with a more grown up audience. True. Mm. Um, yeah. um, what was your favorite episode? I was about to ask you. Oh, well, I can go yeah. first. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, first. I'll pinch first. <laughs> um, I, well, it's sort of a cheat because it's two episodes. So it's it's the two-parter, Human Nature and the Family of Blood. Um, yeah. Controversially, perhaps, I'm rating higher than Blink, which I know is a lot of people's favourite Doctor Who episode. Um, I just, talking about original concepts, talking about modern-day Earth struggling for original concepts, this is a fantastic original concept in a sort of historical setting um, where the Doctor isn't the doctor anymore he's got his consciousness in the fob watch and he has to he's living as a human man um in this town he falls in love he's a school teacher and martha has to sort of uh bring him back to who he is and we get all these 
complaints about uh, PC culture and stuff in and wokeness in uh, current Doctor Who, you've got a whole lot of you know concepts about racism and sexism and other th- other things coming coming through this episode. When there's the comments about Martha, I think one of the boys saying, you know, how can you keep things clean? You don't know what's dirty referencing her skin color you've got the matron saying how can you be training to be a doctor you know especially a woman you know a woman especially one of your color things like that and then she yeah. rattles off the bones of the hand which is fantastic to just sort of shut her up um it's a it's a great and then you know and then you've got all the sort of the the foreboding because is it 20, in 1913 i think it's set so it's right before yes. world war one so you've got all the you know these boys are going to go to war um um and the and the aliens again the aliens aren't cgi heavy they're they're human people that then you know the scarecrows and everything are yes. really well done it is a great uh, yeah. yeah what yeah, did you think I of agree. it i agree i love those two episodes um i do think the david tenant sucking at the end about having to be um, an alien and become the doctor again drags i feel like they could have shorten that dialogue up a bit david tennant and dragging emotional scenes never oh god yeah um Um, and like that would be the only thing i would change that episode i think it's great i think having the humans as the host body the actors they have as the aliens do it so well like they're so creepy good Um, um what's his name who who um um He's from Danny's brother. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. serious, no? Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got Thomas Sangster Brody, I think that's his name, as the kid who steals the fob watch. So the never-aging child from Love Actually, um, <laughs> who gets those glimpses into the future. And so, yeah, as you're saying, you get those glimpses into World War One. Um, and these boys are, like, training for this and you get those echoes and he gets, Believe, but then he ends up ultimately saving one of his schoolmates while actually in battle and you know he's seen that because he's got the fob watch um there's just a lot of layers to this and i really like it um so it's nice so, to see the doctor kind of falling in love like legitimately and not having to like you know always have a wall up i guess um, so so sorry just to does. yeah yeah. Just interject. So, so actor who plays for series and, um, and, uh, is it, um, forget what his name um, is in this series, but his name is, is so he's Harry Lloyd and he's yeah. the great, great, great grandson of Charles Dickens. Yeah. The more you know. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. Interesting. That's all right. That's a fun fact. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they're great episodes. Um, now, my favourite would probably be those two as well. I do also enjoy Blink. I mean, it is a... Yeah, you got, we've got to talk about Blink. Yeah. Blink is a great episode. I think it's better on your first watch, obviously, because you know what the twist is, the end, if once you've seen it. Um, so in terms of, like, that keeping you guessing, it's a great episode. Um, and it's obviously still enjoyable on a rewatch, but you can't relive that first time you watch that episode. Um, no, and I have a total it, crush on crush on Carrie Mulligan. So having her as Sally yeah. Sparrow is amazing. Um, and having just watched her in Promising Young Woman as well, it's um, it was fun yes. sort of watching this around the same time. Yes, um, but, but the it's re- a cool it, concept. It, it, yeah, 
I was just going to say on on rewatch on rewatch it's fun because you've got the the first scene where you see the doctor on the TV screen and you can you have a more better understanding of what's actually going on. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to have these angels. I know at the time when I first watched it, I was just like statues, like a curse. Um, but I, like, it's a cool concept, and yeah, for an episode that doesn't have the doctor in it. It's got some of like his most iconic lines, like um, "time is a wibbly wobbly." Timey wimey, yeah. hard to explain. Yeah, um, it's like Moffat looked, goes ding. It's like Moffat looked at Russell T Davies and said, "You don't know how to do a Doctor Light episode. You did Love and Monsters. I'll show you how to do a real one." And it, you know, just casually whips out, you know, one of the classic Doctor Who episodes. Yeah, and it's is it's a classic for a reason. It is really good. Do I think? the um, family, blood, human nature episodes, I think they're better because you get a more of a story arc. For that one episode that is Dr. Light, it is fantastic. It is, like, it is engaging. And even as a non-Doctor Who fan, you'd really get caught up in it because it's I was not just too say- ridiculous in terms of the aliens and things like that. Like, it's actually believable. I was just going to say, I mean, arguably on a technicality, you could say that Family of Blood and Human Nature are also Dr. Light episodes. <laughs> you yeah, only really get the ha, ha, you only ha, really ha. get the Doctor at the end of the episode. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, you were saying you had a hot take on this season. So maybe before we get to the finale, what is your hot take part of the finale? No, no. It's probably that David Tennant as the Doctor isn't actually, hasn't actually aged that well. That, that that of his three series, and, you know, we'll count the specials as part of the Donna series, um, none of his, well, the Donna series I think is his best by yeah. far, but the specials plus the Martha series in particular, slightly less the season with Rose, he's actually a bit of a dick, you know? Yeah. Like he treats Martha pretty poorly. Um, he's know, pretty yeah. like... He's pretty self-indulgent with Rose and pretty self-obsessed uh, with her and how incredible he is and all that stuff, which is fun. Like, it's fun to watch, but he's a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. And I don't know if he's really, like, he used to be my far and away favourite uh, version of the Doctor. And I'm like, well, on this rewatch, I'm like, well, he's kind of falling down a few pegs. Yeah. Um, I think I'd still put him as my favourite. Like, if we're looking at new Doctors, um, because... My probably all-time favourite is um, Perley. Um, I love Perley so much. <laughs> um, if we're looking at new Doctors, I would say Eccleston is my number one. Um, yeah. And well, that that's and that's what this rewatch has shown me. I think Eccleston. Yeah. For a while, I was like, oh, I can't have Eccleston as one because I'll just be saying that because he was my first one. But I think he's got to be my clear number one. Yeah, and like I know we haven't finished watching the whole new mm. series yet and I know we're planning on doing that but I can already say that Eccleston is still my favourite one because I know the newer seasons I really have not um, engaged with so I would still say Tennant's my second favourite and yes the next series is probably his best series because um, I think he'd settled into the role Um and, like, and I think I think the, with the direction as well, like this episode, this season, he's meant to be moody over Rose. Mm. You know, he's just had a breakup, essentially. He's a moody, 
I've just broken up with someone and Martha's my rebound, but she's never going to compare to Rose. And it's really shitty on Martha. It's not fair on Martha at all. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. But it's- and and sort of and sort of you know as I was as I joked just before about you know the over overwrought drawn out emotional scenes there's a lot of them in David Tennant's run like I mean even with with Donna it's not as much because Donna I think is a really has really good chemistry with him and they bounce off each other really well but even in that season you know we've got fires of Pompeii you've got um, the fin- well I mean his finale in the end of time which is probably one of the most drawn out. Regeneration. Look, it's fun, but it's very self-indulgent of Russell T Davies, which is it is what it is. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I love I love Tennant, and I think it, I know it's sacrilegious to say that he's not a great doctor. And I think you look at him in the, you know the fiftieth special, and I'm like, I, his 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 version of the Doctor is good, but his stories and some of the elements of his Doctor, I'm just no. Yes. No. But you got to remember, it's not obviously like this. The direction in the writing. Um, yeah. Oh, no, so I'm, like, I'm not criticizing yeah. David Tennant necessarily. I'm just, just criticizing yeah. the Tenth Doctor. Um, yeah, I think they just he's very erratic in his moods, and I feel like Eccleston did the light and dark really well, mm. um, and was able to play that, like in terms of that. That again, obviously, also comes down to the storyline those like shifts and like he would shift quite quickly from being happy flappy doctor to I'm ready for revenge. I feel like they've just added an extra layer with the 10th doctor where he's also like depressed. I and think they, yeah. that, and that's that undercurrent through like all the whole time for the 10th doctor is that he's just sad about the fact that he can't have companions or that he, you know, his companions always end up, in not the best way at the end of their run and that he's depressed because Gallifrey's gone and he's depressed because he can't change things and he's depressed because of this and then that manifests itself in anger and you've got the time of Victorious, I mean, that's later on, but mm. it's just a lot of just sad. And I think, yeah, fun. really good comparison with Eccleston because a really good example of, of Eccleston versus Tennant is when Eccleston realises that the phrase bad wolf is following them, well, when he notices Bad Wolf in that episode with um, uh, the Slovene and he's like, you know, Bad Wolf, it's following us everywhere. And Rose is like, yeah, I've heard it before and stuff. What does it mean? And he's like, nah, it's just a coincidence. And then they just keep yeah. going. It's sort of that really good light and dark with him. With yes. Tenon, it's just like it's all kind of dark. And, you know, he has his fun moments, yeah. but it's, you know. Yeah. I, know. I think and this is where, like, looking at Old Who in particular, you don't get so much emotional depth from the Doctor. Like, you get all these adventures and it's about the adventure. It's not about the arc. And this is my mm. issue when we get to the Moffat series as well. The arc. these, And when they started to embed these arcs, and, like, the Eccleston one worked really well. Um, you know, the Saxon, like, they work well, but having all these different layers, which then, like, all come together at the end, means we have a moody Doctor for the whole series. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's I, I feel like Old Who, yes, um, it was contained very much episode by episode. Um, and so, yes, you'd get your doctor, you know, being psycho, like what's his face, trying to whack poor Colin Baker, um, yeah. Perry. Um, but 
he didn't run deep. Like, it's not like he if they'd have an episode, something would go wrong, he would mope about it, and then next episode would be fresh. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, each episode was a fresh, or each story was a fresh start. The fact that all these stories are all sized together and things like that doesn't allow for that fresh start. So you can get moody, I'd say teenage-esque doctor. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's, a, that, that's a good segue. Maybe we'll, we can talk about the arc yes. for this season. Yes, the sound of drums. But I, would you, okay. It's basically a three-part finale. Oh, it's about the finale? Um, okay, yeah. Sorry, this is, I'm sorry, the, the arc leads to the finale. So our arc is Harold yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Um, and we've already talked about the fact that it comes up in a few episodes. We've got the posters, and Bride. You've got um, the people contacting his mother in the Lazarus experiment. Is there a um, reference in 42? I'm trying to think. Or, yes, no. there's a ref. No, not 42. Because um, they have that tri- the, the trivia questions. I thought maybe there was a reference to it, but no. I'm blinking at some posters. Yep. Um, but there is, like, references to Saxon through a lot of these episodes. Um, obviously not the ones back in time. Um, and, and also another element. surrounding... Um, Martha and her family, like they're, they're yeah. the link to Saxon. Well, and I was going to say, and then another element of the arc, not specifically references to Saxon, but of course, face of both saying you are not alone as yes. well. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's that reference there that there's someone coming and that leads us to our three part finale. Um, yep. And that person who's coming is not Jack Harkness, but he's there and I love him so much. <laughs> Well, yeah, after companion forever. After watching this three-part finale, we did start rewatching Torchwood, and um, probably watched it slightly in the wrong way around because the Torchwood season series one finale does lead directly into Utopia with the, you know, yes. J- uh, Jack hearing the TARDIS and rushing off to to meet the Doctor. But uh, yes, well, yes, so what did you think of the finale then, the three-parter? Um, I thought it worked well. Three-parter. Um. I loved the master coming back and I love John Sim as the master. I think he's fantastic. He has a good level of chaotic energy. Um, in this, in these episodes, yes, I agree. Yes. Um, I know, yeah, we can talk about that later on, but yes, he has a good, like, just crazy chaotic energy. Like, if we were doing those D&D charts, he would be, like, chaotic, um, chaotic neutral, but chaotic whatever the chaotic um <laughs> but um yeah i think it's it's a fun three-parter in terms of leading up to it so we get that fob watch so we get that callback to um human nature family of blood with them discovering that professor yana has the um, Fob Watch, and it's Martha who makes that realization that it's and, got and the Gallifreyan. Gallifreyan. Oh my god! Symbols um, on it. Symbols yeah. on it. Um, and that his name's Yana. You Y A N A. You are not alone, not which alone. I thought was quite yeah. fun. Yeah. Um. So I think it was good because you kind of watch Utopia, and I didn't realize until the end that like this is what leads into the like the finale. I forgot that. 
I knew that Yana was the master. Like, I remembered that. But, like, I got so caught up in the episode that I was like, he turns to the master. I was like, oh, crap, we're at the finale already. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I thought it was actually a good – I like Utopia as an episode. Um. The sound of drums is great too, and then we're running around and trying to, you know, beat the master, I guess. Um, and then we get the one year later in Last of the Time Lords. Um, we get the weird age doctor. Uh, we get Toclophane, who mm. then eventually links us back to Utopia. So it, it's all like, I think, as a three parter, because I. You know, sometimes these two part two parters struggle. So the fact that we have a three parter that actually works, I think, was pretty good. Yes, not all of it's great, but in terms of all working together and linking back and making everything clear, it worked really well. I enjoyed it, and I love that it's Lucy who ends up killing the master at the end. Like that's just great. Anyway, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I I did really like it. I liked the stuff with Jack and I liked the stuff with the Master coming back. I thought that was all really good. Um, the second episode is fine as well. I think whenever you have a three-parter, the second episode's kind of like pacing. It's just like you can't resolve anything and you're also not setting anything up, so it's just sort of Well, they were setting happening. stuff up because they were setting up yeah, yeah. the yeah, that's Archangel, true. the Toclophane, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the final episode wasn't a huge one for me i think um if i was talking about least favorite episodes i'd actually almost put the last episode maybe in the conversation only because the the problem i have with a lot of the russell t davies episodes is he likes to sort of be like i'm going to set up this impossible situation that they possibly can't possibly get out of and then i'm going to come up with this thing that's going to get them out of it and it's always sort of like a uh, the more you think about it the, like you know psychic network that they just thinking about the doctor and it de-ages him and yes. he's magical and floats and does all this. And yes. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And, like, reverses, conveniently reverses time so everyone forgets about the year that didn't happen. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, fine. It's it's fine. It's, yeah. I, but, no, look, it was a good finale. Um, I just, yeah, the, the deus ex machina that got used, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I forgot about the psychic thing. That was stupid. Yeah. I will agree yeah. that was stupid. I really enjoyed, though, the last episode, like, Martha, following Martha around. I think that supports what I was saying earlier that we see in that Smith and Jones episode where we first meet her, that she is capable of doing her own thing. Like she's not, and like, I'm not saying that Rose wasn't, but in terms of, um, Rose, Rose, she's Rose a was companion like, who could oh, very much the doctor, the look after herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that this episode just completely supports that. And I like that we're following her around. And it's ultimately Martha who says everything by spreading the stories of the Doctor. Um, yeah. But in terms of, yeah, the psyche, like, that's stupid. That is a stupid plot thing. The fact that they were able to conveniently read one time and no one remembers, also stupid. It's like a cop-out um, completely. Because that's the thing, yeah. Having um, this episode one year later, you're like, oh, it's like it's a year later. Like there's all this stuff that's now happened. They can't, they can't undo it. They've just got to live with the world now. What are they? And it's like, oh no, we'll just undo one time. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, but other than that, I think, like, as I said, I maintain that it's as a three-parter. It works 
quite well because yeah. there's a lot of those two partners don't. Yes, there are some stupid things. I love the talk of fame up being the um people from like the, the, the kids or the, going yeah, to Utopia. Yeah. Um but yeah, there are some I will wholeheartedly agree there's some stupid things that happen. And and speaking of the Tokla thing, I, I didn't realise until it might have been while we were watching this or just before it that they were originally a concept that if they if the BBC hadn't gotten the rights to use the Daleks in series one, they were gonna have the Toclophane as sort of the new version of the Daleks um in series one against Eccleston in that where that yeah. Dalek episode was. Um yeah. so so that was sort of a concept from then that they were like, Oh well now we'll use it again in in this setting. Yeah. And so that was yeah, that was a fun little bit of trivia I saw, but um yeah, I think they work pretty well as a as a villain and being the sort of future of the human race, come back and it's sort of the paradox that the TARDIS yeah. is holding together. Yeah, I, I I thought the concept was really good. It was just like the resolution. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, the resolution yep. was really, it's like, like, it's like when people write creative writing stories and then finish it with, and then I woke up. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Because it's, you, un, you undo all the, all the character development, all the progress of that one year, um, yeah. obviously, except Martha remembers it and Lucy remembers it. And her it. family. Um, yeah. Do, so, do, do her family remember it? Yes. So this is why yeah. she decides and, yeah. to just not continue travelling with him because she's like, yeah. they've seen too much. Yeah. You know, I need to look after them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So overall, we'll wrap this up. Overall, yeah, look, th- you like things are rating. What would you give it out of 10? I'm trying to remember what I gave series two. I, th- I didn't give it a very high rating. I think I gave it like a 6.5 or something. No, oh. says series one, I gave a nine. Series okay. two, I think it was like a seven or something. Okay. Um, I probably should have checked that before recording this one. Um, look, I'll give this one where, a seven. I'm in chocolate comas. My brain's not working. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give this one a 7.5. I think it was good and it had like its its high points were really high, like Blink, Family of the Blood, Family of Blood and True Nature, really good. Um, a few weaker elements probably count against it. And, again, the, the Doctor really kind of graded on me in this season and wasn't a big fan of, of his. Um, and when you're watching it back-to-back with Series 2, I'm just like, uh, okay, it's not really just a one-off in that series. It kind of continues. So, yeah, probably 7.5. Like, it's a it's a good series. Um, wouldn't say it's my favourite series. Um, but, yeah, what about you? What did you think of it? Maybe um, not with I, the rating. Look, but... <clears throat> yes, I don't like giving things numbers. Um, I would happily rewatch it. I think there's some solid episodes there. Um, and even the ones that aren't so great aren't terrible. Um, so, you know, it would definitely be rewatchable. And, yes, the Doctor can be insufferable at times. Um, but I do think him and Martha at the end of it, as much as he, as much as he is awful to her, um, they do have good um, – they do work well together. I think Martha's a great companion. Um and it's nice that she ends up coming back in like Torchwood and then in like the seasons as well because she was a great companion. Um, and yeah, I think it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was better than season two. Yeah, I, I think we can agree on that. I think series yeah. two is probably the low point. Um, maybe some of the more recent series when we get to them. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll rival it, but series two is probably the low point for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Make sure you give us a follow if you've listened to this whole 47 minutes of us rambling. Um, (laughs) 
and um you know like us on instagram we're at the binge chickens um on social media platforms except for facebook um because who uses facebook anymore um and let us know what your thoughts are of the episode episode series the doctor um martha as a companion i'm um, really keen to see what you all think um and we will see you very shortly for our next episode of series four definitely see you guys bye